Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. That's it. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs> we'll be back some other time with more talkativeness. Uh, so, hello, Rachel. Hello, hello Becca. What We're, have you been doing? Uh, I am on the, the summer crusade to finish projects that... I wanted finished before we move into our new house. I saw your project when I dashed into your house a minute ago. The quilt? quilt. Yeah, the quilt on the table. Do you remember that quilt? I do remember that quilt. The quilt from my forever ago times. I was in high school when I blasted out a quilt. Incidentally, Becca's four years older than I am. And so Becca was really into sewing and things when I was not... not <laughs> and at the time, so she took. I remember you always wanted me to go with you to Joanne's, and yeah. I had no eyes to see at no. Joanne's. I would just stand around in the polar fleece and moan about it, <laughs> make fun of the, the polar is, fleece situation. If you're in the polar fleece, there's nothing to do but moan about it. It's there's no there's no optimism there's nothing, amongst the polar nothing. fleeces. That you could no. find there. And I would just, I just remember. And then at the time, guys, I love how old this makes us sound. This is the, this is the aging of our generation of people. Before the internet. Gosh, yeah. It's Isn't true. that funny? You couldn't actually just locate cute project ideas. Not really. No, they weren't like, they weren't free for I the don't taking. Know where we found them. Well, I remember a big part of my Martha despisal Stewart. for well, that's why Martha Stewart was such a raging success. Right, but it's true. For I remember for the um a big part of my despisal for all things crafty was that there wasn't a lot of I didn't have the imagination to see there was what nothing you could do, maybe. cute when you went in. Well, because still, no, you go into Joanne's and it would be like a workbook for plastic canvas clowns. Gross. So true. <laughs> or the toppers, or weird, weird ball gown toppers to ugly dish towels. Yeah. Or just stuff that nobody or needs. Strange bean baggy sculpted things to hold your door open. There was, yeah, oh. Well, no, that was a specific with Spanish moss glued to their head for hair. <laughs> the thing is, you still go into Joanne's and it is oh, oh, so uninspiring. Somewhere in my phone, I took pictures at the Goodwill of a uh, of something. Okay, it was in a bag. It was so funny. And it was one of those, it was like a crafted grandma. Like, um, like sewn. tall painted? No. no, it was like fabric. It was fabric. A fabric. It was a grandma, grandma with glasses, like on yeah. a little nose, little oh, wire yeah, glasses right. yeah. in the air. That was a vacuum cozy. <laughs> <laughs> Just slip your grandma cozy onto your vacuum to make things look really ship shape in your house. <laughs> and when you want a vacuum, just toss grandma aside. <laughs> And it was real bad and, and devious looking anyways. Well, I'm having so, such a hard time <laughs> picturing it. Where does it, is it like, where's her head go? On the top oh, of the no. vacuum. So the vacuum is cloaked in her body. <laughs> so and then there's like a grandma head with spectacles <laughs> on top of it. But it was, but it was folded up. <laughs> She 
happens when <laughs> when there's no good outlet for creativity and no there no is like always it's like, a better because, outlet than that. But because oh, there's like word. a burning urge. <laughs> well, no, I have to be clear that I think this one was actually manufactured somewhere. <laughs> pockets yeah uh, mm-hmm. that would look like the angry bird With eyebrows a scarlet grow grain background looked, they totally inside. would look like angry bird eyebrows <laughs> yep. because because the, yep. the failing of her pocket placement was that oh, it would not it always would, no. come out as what you meant it to be no no it was bad we've talked about those yeah before. a long time ago but the, but the point <sighs> the point in this is that i at some point no, Something this was happened. when I was deep in the... I sewed myself a tuxedo-inspired double-breasted vest. <laughs> you should make one of those for your vacuum. <laughs> Black satin lapels. Well, whatever phase Ooh. it was. Wow. And then you were part of some kind of a quilting group that I was not well, privy that's to. Well, I was in like ninth grade. Right. You know, so I was young. Was, yeah, you were When you were doing grader. that. But you yeah. would do quilts from time to time. You would get involved in a quilt. I think I've made two, but yes. But no, but we had a friend that you were making a quilt with. And like we had been around. I'd yeah. been oh, a, no, I've made three. I was a younger edition of the yeah. person watching the quilting. And at some point. I was like, you know what I could do? I could make a quilt. Yeah. I don't know what happened. How many trips to Joanne's did you have to take yeah. me on before Eventually I suddenly spotted the idea of I could sew something? And I bought pretty badly dated cream and white fabric. Now, when I say they're dated, it's because the cream has white printing on yeah. it that is like little that. grapes. Yeah. With curly Q vines. Yeah. And the white is like striped. It's like white and creamy striped. It's still there. a pretty quilt. No, the thing that's funny is that the fabric itself is very dated, but it's but it isn't. It's actually very pretty yeah. put together. But the funny thing is that I so this is high school and I don't know what I did. I just I think I just decided to do a pinwheel. It wasn't like I was following a pattern. Yeah. I just cut a bunch of squares and cut them on the diagonal and sewed them together into blocks and sewed it together. So I would say with very little care to the edges and the corners. Right. It was not right. a masterpiece of quilting by any stretch of the imagination. And I threw batting in it. And 
sealed it up. <laughs> like I made it was essentially like a quilted duvet top, except for I put batting in it, sealed yeah. it up, and put it on my bed. And I think I did some random, like a I sewed a border around it, like like I machine quilted one square around the outside of it to oh, okay. hold it down sure. or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What I'm telling you is it was not well done. It yeah. was something I did. Then a few, a little while later, seized with a passion to hand quilt something. I was like, well, I already have a quilt. So I just stuck a hoop in the dead center of the thing and whizzed off with a little hand quilting. But, but, no clue what I was doing in that regard either. So... The very center blocks are real bad. Like real, when you look at them, mostly in starting. I didn't know how to start a hand quilt smoothly. Sure. Oh. And I think I felt I had to back tack. <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah. get that thing knotted on somehow. Mm-hmm. I just, it mm-hmm. didn't feel. Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling you is I did not do excellence in workmanship there either. Right. But it ended up being, it's very pretty. Yeah. But it is a big... I didn't finish the outside edge because that had already been damaged. <laughs> so I cut off the outside edge at some point and then it's still not bound. So what I'm doing now is actually binding that from what like right. has to have been like what, yeah. 25 years ago or Probably. something. I just don't want to move it one more time without yeah. it just, we want to just call the whole thing complete. Just like that, that bad experiment, mm-hmm. but it's many hours of work now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go home and launch <coughs> a project that is my living room curtains, which are going to be a whole scene because I designed the fabric, I had it printed, and it's really pretty. It's on like a linen cotton blend. It's a really pretty fabric. I The design on the fabric, I copied some of the wallpaper that we unearthed in the kitchen but then change the colorways so I'm sort of preserving the legacy of the house in a sense on this fabric but I changed the colorways so colorways so it's not this outrageous yeah violently red geranium there's no red anyway so then I spent some time re-watching the most epic tutorial oh right you've told that me about I've it. told you about it and I went back and I found it and it's this woman in England who can't... I think you've told us about yeah, this on the I podcast. I think it was right at the beginning of the podcast because I went... It had been a couple years and I went back and I watched like an hour and a half of this woman trying to walk you through how to do. And I took copious notes because there is no way that you'd be able to find your place again. Yeah. Of like what... Right. Because it's all the camera at the same angle looking at the same curtain. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm ready to do it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to do it. I'm excited. I'm going to launch it. I'm, I'm, my goal is to have these dang things hung up we are also by the painting, end of the week. We are also painting and putting new seats on chairs. Dining, oh, fun. Dining room yeah. chairs. I have my kids doing that. I have children spray that painting furniture fun. for me this summer. Oh. I'm like, it's time you all learned how to. You trust them on your dining room chairs? I have like 47 dining room chairs. Oh, Yeah. I'm still picturing drips and runs. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to picture them. I think they're actually <laughs> happening. But I have some, the ones that we're doing right now are those caning 
Uh-huh. Um, they have the little cane. They're like cafe chairs with yeah. the caning on the back. And we're just reorganizing those That's into fun. something more. Yeah. Trying to get that kind of thing That's done cool. while we are in the last phases of our house. I completed a design. We were in Atlanta last week for the whole week. Incidentally, met a lot of podcast listeners, which was super fun. Shout so out hello to, all of, to all of you that I said hi to in Atlanta. That was festive. <laughs> Um, but whilst I was there in my in-between times, I was working on another wallpaper for my front room, came mm-hmm. home with it completed, put a great big old check on my checklist of things. So I'm, I'm gradually nice closing in on having a sem- semi-finished house in the front. It gets very third world toward the back. But... <laughs> so we're jumping back in here a day late. <laughs> Never mind, Becca's in the middle of a text. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me just entertain you with some elevator music while she does that. Uh, actually, we quit our podcast the other day because we felt we were being too boring. And surprisingly, it was not about napkins. We were just being no, boring about really other subjects. Tedious. Yeah, we just felt like we were being not the people anyone wants to hang out with. No, it was really bad. Like, we, we dwindled off into talking vaguely about social media and then contradicting each other. It's a special thing that Becca and I can do is is hedge <laughs> each other. Like, oh, I see where you're going, but here's my concern about that. We went back and forth quite a bit about that until we felt we had not said anything. We kind of just trailed off and said, should we turn this off now? And We're then, back in our old haunt. two days ago. I could give you an update on my curtains, but I won't. Right, because we started, and I found the picture there. of the grandma vacuum cozy. Oh, we have to post yeah, those. Yeah, it's a really bad one. And since that time, I googled it up, and there's a whole world of grandma vacuum cozies, but none of them are as ill judged as the one in the bag <laughs> that I have a photo of. <laughs> so, be on the edge of your seats for that. That'll that'll be exciting. It'll for be sure. really good. I bet I bet no one will be as taken away with merriment about probably it as not. I was. Probably I just, not. It was such a surprising idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say something that I think is most actually it's not most challenging in summer. It's just in every new phase of life season change every kind of like things are different now. This mm-hmm. is like a new it's a new thing to need to deal with every time things change. And I think it's helpful because I think that this is sort of the homemaker well like you wrote even exile that is all this glorious vision for what women and homemaking does and accomplishes and okay. what's it's, what it right. is it for etc mm-hmm. um but i think all the time the thing that we are all dealing with is how to have a lot of ambition and desire and drive without freaking out all the time like it's actually very hard or to, just falling into covetousness or well discontent. how to care how to think that our table matters and the food I put on it matters without becoming a total nightmare pain. like without making your table a place no one wants to be or mm-hmm. um, I think I wrote about this in fit to burst also which is that you have the bizarre position of being your own boss plus the employee yeah. And so you're setting the goals and also not living up to it. Yeah. Which surprisingly, <clears throat> not surprisingly, has the, op- you know, it 
gives you the opportunity to be both a bad employee and a bad leader. <laughs> like, here's the boss who sets unrealistic expectations, yeah. and here's the employee who won't do anything because they think it's not realistic. Or here's, I don't know, I just think that there's a lot in that. So I wanted to talk, I was thinking, why don't we talk about how do you deal with that? How do you aim big and not get upset when it doesn't appear to be going big? <laughs> Well, that is the question of humanity and life. I think <laughs> you've tapped into the heart of the trouble. Sort of like Ecclesiastes, there you go. Um, but do you but, have any ways that you specifically deal with it? Like, how do you let things... I feel like I know my temptation is to get the most tweaked at my house in the moments when I'm making progress on it. Or whatever. You know, like, as soon as I turn and look at it and I'm actually making progress, then I sit there and can get all grumpy about the lack of well, progress you're a, that I'm Well, you making. tend to be an all-or-nothing person, yeah. which means that if you're busy with a different project, you're not bothered yeah. about your house because you're thinking, I have to do this other thing right now. Yeah. And so, so I feel like it's just... I have to say that is not a talent we share. The all or nothing thing? Yeah. Well Would no we call that a talent. <laughs> I think I meant I don't think Rather I I don't think handicap. I'm I don't think I'm anywhere near uh it it is a for me it is much harder to turn off and focus on something else. That makes sense. Mm. It's much harder for me. I would tend to be I would like I like to get everything cleaned up before I have to do something else. Like, if I was going to do a big event or whatever, it would stress me out infinitely more if things were not orderly at home. But that's not a gifting. I don't... I feel exactly the same way. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I feel like I can't... If there's... I can't be fighting all the battles at once. I have to just right. do I the think one you're better and at, the other. I think you're better at just doing the one and then the other than I am. Oh. Well, that was I my point. I can't do multiples at the same time but yes I I would have a very hard time coping with trying to have a big event when my house was blitzed like that would yeah be, yeah I really have to get it like sorted out first and then turn to the next thing rather than trying to yeah do them all I but, think okay go, go ahead. ahead whoa <laughs> jinx um but I think that like one thing is just being aware of where you're tempted being aware of where you're strengths are and your weaknesses are like for one thing I well this goes back to our fundamental personality divide about the apple kicking to the mm. center but I our hottest debate I am hottest. not I am not good at just um well okay back up this summer I really am trying to to work through a whole bunch of purging and so I'm trying to tackle some of those places in the house where it's like, okay, I just need to get this thing done. My tendency would be to just set aside four days and just do that mm -hmm. for four days. Mm -hmm. But instead, I'm trying to every day, four o'clock, four o'clock, I'm just going to go do 30 minutes of it, throw the stuff for the thrift store in a box, take it to the thrift store. That's it. it. Think about it again tomorrow at four. That was my goal. I've not done it a single day this week because <laughs> because I am well, this like week is young. At four, I'm like still trying to finish. Like ah, I just need a little bit longer uh, on this right. like other thing, and um, so I'm 
you know, I'm trying to, you know, get better at the places where I am not. I'm not good at super scheduling and it's something that I feel like I need to be better at. That's like a skill that I need to work on is that. Well, not always following your, your own directions. No, just not following your own mood at the time, but that yes. because it it's not that it's not work, it's just that in an objective mental space, I might say I should do that at four every day, but when four comes around, I might be like, you know, I'd rather work on this well, right this now. Well, this is maybe a tip, I'm not sure, but um, maybe I've talked about this before. Your calendar? I don't know. The um, planner? Yeah. That I Have I talked about that? I don't know. You've well, talked to me about it. It's a so. recommend, guys. I, I feel like I've done it long enough now that I recommend it. It's um, But it's also not cheap. And I'm not a planner person in general. This is the only time I have found a planner that I'm actually using and I'm liking it. And it's helping me get way more things done. And it's the Michael Hyatt planner. And it's not cheap because you have to buy... It's one per quarter. So you oh, basically yeah. have to get four for a year. Which is, I feel like that's like 35 bucks a piece or something. Oh, yeah, it's a which commitment. Is, yeah, it is a commitment. So, I just got one and tried it for, you know, three months. And I really like it because it cuts with the grain of how I need to think about things. Right. Where you you go through, and then he's got all these little videos to, like, tell you how to use the planner. Which I watched because otherwise you don't know what you're doing. And... You set your, like, big goals for this is what I want to have done this year. And then Mm -hmm. you block it off into, like, quarters. This is what I want to have done this quarter. And then that translates to a weekly, here are my three big goals for the week. Mm -hmm. And then every day you write down your three goals for the day. And so what Ben and I have been doing it, and I really like it. So I, in the evening, just sit down and write my my big three for tomorrow. Right. And then look at it again in the morning so you can remember what on earth you were hoping to get done today. What you thought mattered. But then at the end of the day, you go back through and you see what you got done and what you didn't get done. And then you can move stuff. Like, I didn't get that. I'll push it to tomorrow. And um, so, for instance, on my today's was finish the podcast. So, you see, I'll be able to... I'll be able to check that that off. off. But the thing is, is I... It has helped me find places in my day that I ordinarily would have been like, well, I don't know. I've only got 45 minutes till I need to write whatever. But when I am being a little bit more focused on this is what I'm really pushing to have this done by September 1st. And then you break it down into the weeks and then you break it down into the days. You really do often feel like you had a packed day, but there really was space in yeah, there in I was between. Gonna, I would like to bring something up, which is that I'm only, your kids are older mm-hmm. and you work also. So you yeah. have more, you have a different lifestyle. Um, most of the time, right. You know, we have different things going on and I'm only just getting out of that phase where you were just at home with mm-hmm. little kids all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very different, which is part of what I was talking about. The season change of like, um, for a long stretch of my life, being really faithful was not that predictive at all about what your day would be like or your big goals were like to 
feed people and mm-hmm. get yeah. them in bed on time and that was mm-hmm. it you know wash some clothes but in that phase of life I think the best way that I really redeemed the time while I had my little kids at home was to also have bigger goals mentally I didn't write them in any planner I just had bigger goals like things that I want to be able to do that I should be working towards yeah. doing uh, and most of those were domestic goals because yeah. it was stuff that was still blessing everyone at, at home um, for me to do it but this is something that I think I like I, ju- I feel very strongly about this sometimes people think that um <laughs> We're up in our sinister spot again, and there's... Is it somebody who wants to come make a drug deal with us? I don't know. Is he taking a pig? He's not coming to us. He's just facing out. I wonder if the drug dealer is in a tent (laughs) behind the boundary there. Um... I anyway, don't think you so. You just said, I feel strongly about this. And then we, and got, then we got derailed. Okay, I feel actually really strongly about this, which is that when people say that being at home with little kids is not challenging, like mentally or... Right. And, and they're right that it's not challenging mentally if you set the bar at the lowest possible level. And see, that is my worst peeve, is I think a lot of women... Do that, so yeah. And they they basically lower the bar flat to the floor. And then they're like, then I'm they not complain. challenged. Yeah. But back to this idea that you're the boss and the employee. If you're not challenged, whose fault is that? <laughs> because because like if you're not mentally engaged, who didn't give you something to be mentally engaged with? But see, okay, I actually think this does tie in with that planner. Now, not everyone needs a planner. I have most of the time not lived with a planner. But um, I do think that there are lots of things that it's like, well, if I was good at cooking, but I'm not. And so, well, decide to get better. And right. make yourself a goal. And there's I a real will thing. have figured out how to make and there's Blinces a thing I don't want to be January. rude. I don't want to be rude about this, <laughs> but if you are a human, these are things that humans know how to do. They do. And they figure it out and it's not I think sometimes people have the weirdest idea that to do something like knitting or cooking, you have to have been born with just an idea <laughs> of how to do it. And yeah, there is that random strangely gifted person who, yeah. who it's Mozart. like that. Mozart yeah, there is that person. prodigy out there. <laughs> but that's not your average good no. cook is not someone who was just born a prodigy. They're they're someone who puts in a ton of practice and they work yeah. at it and they keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I what I was going to say is when my kids were little, I had a few like overarching big goals. And when I say big goals, I genuinely mean like I was thinking in terms of by the time I'm old, I want to be good at this. Yeah. And so the where I'm squeaking in the work on it is not that I'm thinking with 15 minutes on a Monday afternoon, I'm going to become super accomplished at knitting. Right. My goal was over time, those 15 minutes here and there add up to a lot of knowledge. Right. And I just think that um, having a direction, having a clear direction and then aiming for it is something that would help a lot of homemakers, I think. Oh, yes. Because one of the things, you know, everybody talks about how lonely and depressed and how um, 
you know, like basically the only sense of relief you can get when you're a mother is going out with your friends is for to a glass leave, of wine. Well, or is to like leave all of your job rather than the satisfaction of having of figured something job. out and yeah. figure and being excited about it. Right. Because it's kind of like everything here is dreary. But occasionally I pop up for a glimpse of the world and, and a but where of But where I still have no respect for the work I'm doing. Because yes. that's the thing is that if you think the only way to get it undreary is to get out of it. Right. Then you're not respecting the situation. And you're not. It's not true. Uh, motherhood is hard when you have a bunch of little kids. It's hard. But it is also so full of really fun I, I there's just yeah. so many opportunities and, and so feel, much freedom to pursue interesting things yeah and it's like if you feel like yes but you don't understand it's really busy at my house and you know I'm just so put upon all you the hold time that for a second I while I try I to figure out if I have a hair thing in my purse yeah, yeah. I do I do yeah she yeah. found it um but but the thing is is like if you feel like no I live a breathless but boring existence. Nobody cares just, what I do and it doesn't matter. Yeah, then just for the sake of argument, uh, get yourself a little um, metric on how many hours did you spend on social media. But you don't need a metric, can't you just swipe for screen time? Look on, wait, but see, screen time, like, I, it's not quite fair because, like, I do my Bible reading on my phone and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Like, but warped, warping, check, yeah. Check what amount of time you spent and if it's an average of four hours a day that's four hours a day that you actually could be getting really good at something rather than right. letting your jaw hang so open as you I'll scroll. give a couple examples that were many so a long time ago I think I'm sure I've said this on the podcast I just was like how many things could I be bad at now and keep being bad at them for a long time. But when I'm an old lady, I'll be really good at a lot of things. That was yeah. my dream. Because I'm like, I might not be amazing at making pie right now. But if I keep making pies until I'm an old lady, man, I'll be good at it then. Like, sure. I'll be, there will be no arguing with my pies by that time. And I think that that kind of commitment is really important. And mm -hmm. I know to not expect yourself to just already be good at things yeah. or to think that anyone actually learned how to be good at some of those things without effort. That's the part that's it weird. Takes, honestly, what it takes is some imagination. But once you, once you start trying to figure it out, like sort of, sort of like, you know what, this year I'm going to figure out how to can peaches or mm, I'm going to, you know, whatever it is, like just making jam, canning peaches. I, I would go buy that. I like canning and preserving things. And when my kids were younger, I did actually more focused mm -hmm. time trying to do that. Or like, let's make applesauce and let's do, yeah, you know, like, sort of like I'm going to learn to make tortillas and I'm going to learn to make let's salsa. do it. And I did a time where I thought that I wanted to be able to know how to just cook a piece of meat. Like if just presented with a piece of meat that I would know how to go about cooking it and I remember at that time I would in those little random moments when you had a free minute I would read like Fanny Farmer about assorted cuts of meat and like um and I never did master fried chicken but I did a fried chicken from the whole chicken cutting the chicken up and oh, soaking yeah. it in buttermilk and I did it because 
not because it's because it is an art form that some people are good at and I thought I want to find out well and you know? this is this is where I I'm sorry to keep bringing up my curtains but this is what I'm totally doing right now with my curtains it's like I've decided I don't need to spend my life making curtains but I want to have visited this place of this is how to properly do it which means it's all hand stitching guys it's 56 yards if you count the lining and the curtains it's 56 yards of fabric and the whole thing is hand stitched all over everywhere the hem the sides the lining is hand stitched in the whole thing and that'll probably do me for the rest of my life you know for hand stitching on draperies but, but it's like but I want to have experienced this is how it's done Right. When you're doing it the proper way. And then I can say, all right, I'm done with that now. There you go. Next time, machine Well, okay, what you said about wanting to have visited this place. This is a thing um, that I, I'm, I believe this strongly. This was an image that I used with high school students, actually, when I was substituting for you. I know. I know what you're going to say, and it's very good. Yes. As I was like, don't be such a boring human that you just stay in one place forever. And, like, when you read a poem that you just think, I don't... You know, like, I, my point to them was when you read, like, I there was that... Um, I think it's Richard Lovelace poem that I was talking to them about. about um, it's that... It's a beautiful poem. It's, if I should die, think only this of me, that there is some corner of a foreign field that is forever England. Uh, there shall, Something about, in that rich earth shall be a richer dust concealed, a dust whom England bore and shaped and made aware. Gave it, and, it's this, and it's a beautiful poem yeah, about, beautiful. if I die away from my homeland, there will always be a piece of England there. And it's beautiful because he's actually, he was killed and buried on a Greek island. So oh, wow. the author of that poem is buried in Greece right. with a beautiful tribute yeah. to his native country. Right. I was telling them, this has nothing to do with you. You're all, you know, it's yeah. a bunch of high school students who aren't going to war, who don't know, like they don't have those sentiments right now. And I was like, but visiting that place is, is putting a pin on a map that is, I understand a different part of the human experience and yeah. Emotion and like I have traveled somewhere else to yeah. appreciate a different perspective. Yeah. And I say so the way to not be a completely boring human is to be putting pins on the map totally. in a lot of different places. And of course in that in that situation I was talking about um you having an allergy or are you just really no, weeping about that I'm poem? I'm not weeping. <laughs> I'm having a total allergy attack over here. But yeah. Uh I knew that, just to be clear. It is I a knew. poignant poem. It is but poignant, but not quite that bad. Uh, anyways, but I'm saying in the domestic arts and in these places, it is an enormous country. It is not, yep. it is not provincial. It is not tiny and homey. You know, like one of the things that I love is in knitting and in fiber arts, I have a real affection for natural fibers that I just, for whatever reason, I do. Well, is there, is that actually something that is super provincial or is it something that taps into a whole world of human experience, which it does. Like, so, so you think how homey knitting is, but also how radically world traveling it can be when you're <laughs> saying, well, I want to knit something in this Estonian style of sure. this. And, the, and it's a really cool thing. And I and just so pursuing I some of those remember things. remember 
back when I was in maybe high school or college, there was a friend who visited from a very large city. And we do not live in a large city. And so when somebody comes from elsewhere, we have to find things to show them that are, well, we major on mountains, you know, provincial water, bodies of water. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went on a hike and there's this spot that is unreal here where it's a short drive away and then you, you go on this hike and when you come to the top, you can see for like hundreds of miles in every direction, the most beautiful rolling farmland. Stepto? Kamiak. Okay. Yeah. You know, just gorgeous. And it is truly a stunning view. And I remember she went up like three quarters of the way, maybe. Mm. And then refused to go any further. She's like, no, I'm just going to stay here. I'll wait till you get back. And we were like, what? You and have to go to the top or you won't. And it wasn't, it's not like it's a hard hike. She just got bored and sat down and was like, eh, I'm not interested. Not worth it. And so Whatever she just sat it is there. at the top of the and hill. And the rest of us who've already seen it a lot of times were like, well, we're not going to quit here. So we went up and looked at it. It's like breathtaking. And then we came back down, but she wouldn't go any farther. She just, and she didn't, it was before phones. So she didn't even have a phone to play on. She just sat there being and, a dud. Yeah, and I feel like that's where a lot of people decide to live. Is like I'm yeah. just gonna sit here, guys. And I'm not gonna ever. I'm not gonna be interested. I'm not gonna make an effort. I'm not gonna. And I'm not gonna recognize that before you can do something really great in any of these fields, you have to put in all the small t- steps that get yeah. you up to the to the yeah. lookout because it's not fascinating. When you first put in a lot of effort and grease bomb your whole kitchen trying to make a fried chicken and it's not amazing. (laughs) It's it's not. Yeah, there's not. It's not like you're going to just be like, wow, worth my time. The thing is, troubleshoot it. Troubleshoot it and believe that there actually is success in this field that will require additional steps towards it. And then like figure out. Does your family like big, thick pancakes, or do they like the thin pancakes? How can you make and them that way? What makes the difference? And I did uh, at the time with I did that with the large cuts of meat. I did it with knitting, where I got more into knitting. But what I tried to do there is have a um, I would try to have a project that I would pick because it had something I didn't know how to do in it. Yeah. So I would like say, okay, like I remember specifically knitting a stuffed penguin for Seamus because I was like, I don't know how to do short rows and the belly was shaped with short rows yeah. at that time. I'm like, okay, I'll try this. So I did that, but I didn't need a stuffed penguin. So I gave it to Seamus because it was like, well, I did that, but <laughs> now what? Well, it's kind of like this, this curtain drama that I'm having. It was like this lady says, now you're going to do a fell stitch all the way up the edge. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. So I Google the fell stitch and I watch the tutorial and I figure out how to do the fell stitch and then I do that. And then it's like, and blind hem the bottom. So it's like, okay. So I Google it up just to make sure that I know yeah. what I'm doing. The lock stitch to like lock your two seams together. And so there are resources out there. Yes. And, and they're so easy to find, but you have to be willing to work to to figure it out you have to walk up the hill you have to do it exactly and I think I went through a little phase with Cook's Illustrated about different ways to thicken pie fillings 
And yeah. there's a I'm lot. I'm on tapioca right now. Tapioca in a strawberry rhubarb pie. Right, but I watch them. Okay, so no. The best one in strawberry rhubarb is arrowroot. I don't like arrowroot. Oh, it's awesome in strawberry rhubarb. It keeps mm. the juice. It makes it clear. Like really shiny and clear. Mm. And it is effective. So I like arrowroot and strawberry rhubarb. But... The peach they recommend, like potato starch or something. They oh, have weird. like totally different, mm-hmm. like what's the, and it's not that you have to care that much about it. It's that you know that this is actually a huge and nuanced and interesting world where these things and are. God gave us various thickeners, and not just various thickeners, <laughs> various people to pursue figuring out all kinds okay, of stuff. For while us. we're on this subject, Rachel, the camas. Is blooming everywhere right yeah. now, you guys. The camas is like, it's actually growing out of the sidewalk cracks that uh-huh. we're looking at right now. And it's this brief moment where there's tons of it everywhere. And I have often thought, why did none of us do anything with camas? It's because it tastes gross. But I wish there camas was... Camas root? Camas root. Have you ever tasted it? It's yeah. Not, it's not good. It's, it tastes it's, like an old piece of, like, tobacco pouch. Yeah, well, the this camas, the wild camas, is why our area was first called Hog Heaven, because Indeed. hogs like it. And I'm like, but they're see, very pretty every year. And I'm, th- I've been thinking it while we sit here. It's like it's a shame that we don't do anything. Don't with have that. something to do with camas. Anyway, that was a tangent. I'm just, yeah, thinking- and I was also going to say that now I have a huge loom, and I have, I do, I have stepped into the world of weaving. That is, let me just tell you. It's a little deep. Yeah. The world of weaving. deep and wide. But, but, it has been a solid, like, 15 years, more than 15 years, that I have been warming up to step into the world of weaving because I could tell it was too deep for me. Yeah. But I kept sort of occasionally checking some things out, looking about it, thinking about it. And then, eventually, when I got there, I, now it does not feel too deep. For me, but for a long time, it made me feel like I was going to be sick. Sort of like the beating aisle at Michael's still does yeah, for me. Yeah. I feel like I see but how this could is, be like, good, but I can't think about it. Live in a in a plain, boring house, and you just think, "But I just don't know how to decorate. It's just not what I'm good at." It's like subscribe to some magazines, start, start forming thinking. some opinions, and ask yourself questions. Like, do I like this? Why do I like this? What appeals to me about this? How could I? I think that's a really big part of it is the self-awareness of like, I hate that. I wonder why I hate that. What is it about this that I hate? It's a mental conversation more to yeah. actually pursue the thought of what is not appealing about this. And, and then the fact that I find that repulsive means this about me. I think that I prefer whatever. You know, like start forming opinions. Start figuring uh-huh. out what you think about stuff and what you like and then figure out how to make it happen because maybe you have tons of money and you can just hire a decorator and get them to do it but maybe you can't maybe you cannot and you need to figure it out yourself and get good at painting furniture or figure out upholstery or learn to make curtains or, or learn to paint walls yourself or learn to paint paintings also to put sourdough on your walls. also sourdough was a thing that took me a long time to try I didn't think I wanted sourdough, mm-hmm. so that was a big part of it. But once I realized, once I was interested, it seemed like having a pet that I wasn't ready for the responsibility mm. of yeah. the sourdough pet. I'm still in that world right now. Right, but when you got, once you 
like it just is a good idea to not write things off all the way but to be like maybe not now but maybe sometime I'll get into that or no I I just think be curious I think that's the biggest thing is be curious and then figure out how to implement stuff in your own life because I think we there's time and there are resources and so it it feels like an able-bodied person sitting by the side of the path refusing to go up is kind of because because they're actually just not interested in what there might be there because it might take a little bit of energy and effort to get them there and they don't know yet like and actually I would say there's no shame in trying a craft or something learning how to do it and then coming to the conclusion that this is not for you or this is not the one that you want to do and being like there's also no shame in being like I'm not interested in trying that craft because I have a big long list of other things I'm going to get to right but if you're just not interested because you're just not not interested. interested in life or in the value that any of these things bring and one thing I'm sure I've talked about this before but I think it's really I love it so a hand knit pair of socks is not worth a lot when you think about it it's a pair of socks yeah so the most people really usually would want to pay for a pair of socks would be like what 25 bucks I would say that's on an extreme end I I know but I'm saying like the kind of socks you might buy someone for a Christmas gift like the nice wool socks 20 bucks 25 bucks somewhere in there that's also how much you would pay for a nice skein of sock yarn sure like it's the same but it's not even knit yet right so then if you knit it into a pair of socks and how many hours of labor was that hours later yeah probably not that many but uh, (laughs) but quite a lot of hours would go into it like I would guess I don't know 10 hours Mm, I don't think so I think you're gonna have to spend more time than that let's well some people are fast whatever but let's say that you do that so so what have you done here you have produced something that is not even sort of worth its own like what would it need like yeah to make it monetarily worth your time. Right. They, you would have to sell this pair of socks for like, what, 150 bucks, Something like that. I would so, think at a bare minimum. I hope that you all notice how untenable that is as a business plan. <laughs> like, I, like, why would anyone want to pay $150 for a pair of socks? Right. They, very few people do. But knitting a pair of socks and giving them to someone... You have given them, it's not the money value. It's the fact that this is something you can only have if someone loves you. (laughs) Like someone who knits loves you enough to do this for you. And the, and the whole value is not money. There's no, it's not the money that's going into that. And I love that kind of thing, but it's so true about things like where can you get the best peach pie ever Chances are very good that it is it's somebody at Sherry. No, somebody loves you. <laughs> like your grandmother loves you and she loved you enough to learn how to make an incredible peach pie and okay. to make it for okay. you. Or where can you get the best apple strudel? Hopefully you know someone who loves you who has taken the time right. to do this. And and when you realize that that way that when you take the time to develop your own skills that will bless other people around you in one way or another 
that you are investing love in those people in something that they could not get another way. And I think that that goes back to your initial question, which is like, how do you aim balance but not get frustrated? I think it's by enjoying the process and loving the people as you do it. Because And doing it for the love of the people, which means that you don't sacrifice them on the altar of, I'm angry because I didn't do a good job at this. Or sure. Something. Or, yeah. like, I made homemade, you know, pasta for everyone, and now I'm mad that you ate it because didn't you see how much time I put into that? That was a formative life lesson for me when I made a bunch of handmade raviolis. We did that last week. Oh, nice. Well, mm-hmm. then everyone we... gets two and a half raviolis. Then we sat down. <laughs> we sat down and I'm watching people stabbing multiple raviolis onto their fork at one time. <laughs> and and you're going, stop it! <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, each bite of this ravioli must be a treasure. Oh you my god, I know. loiter over every bit of it and not do this. Whatever yeah. you're doing now, I hate it. What you're doing, but... <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think having... Um, that's kind of aspirations. The, I would say the principle there is the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta take it like be like when you make food for someone, the food was made for them and not them for the food. Right, right. Um, yeah, I agree, and I just think that it's a kind of um, having the high aspirations. But not thinking that you'll get there and then you can rest on your laurels and get all the accolades. It's just enjoying the bumpy, ridiculous, sometimes glorious, sometimes absurd process that is life. It's embracing that. Yeah. And I have to say that this is a, this is an awesome thing about we happen to live in community with a lot of capable, committed, diligent homemakers. Yeah. Which is an incredible blessing mm-hmm. that we have that. So we have a, an interesting perspective on that. One of the things that I find incredibly fun is that when all these ladies are free and open-handed with what they have learned and wanting to help other people learn it. So if someone's like, oh my goodness, I love this. You know, people share the recipes they mm-hmm. share, like, come over and I'll show you how to do it. Or it's really easy. This yep. is how I got started. Let me recommend this. I'll send you it. Whatever. And and that is an amazing way that in community it keeps raising the bar. Yep. Because in community, it's, it is like, it just, it is peer pressure of a really good kind. It's mm-hmm. not pressure like, oh, everybody has to be able to do this thing or that thing. No, it's just camaraderie. It's camaraderie and encouragement to be like, not only is this doable... But I have, but I have a desire to do it. But I, I think it's because women do, um, they get inspiration from each other all the time. And if you it's don't. It's like how we actually function. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't live in a community like that, become that woman yourself. And the thing is, is and we think live of what in a that day and like. age where you can find that inspiration Online, you don't have to have it maybe, be your next door neighbor. Maybe we've just inspired you today to start an intense drapery project of your own. Mm, and speaking of which, I need to get back and hand stitch some. Yeah, more, Becca's got more miles, more miles of hand stitchery to go. Yeah, it's gonna be rad. You know what you I bought at the thrift store rad. the other day? A really nice vacuum cozy quilting hoop. 
Oh. That's on a stand. Oh, you did. Oh, well done. Yeah, I thought that was bold of me. Mm-hmm. Boldly, I go forth into assuming I'm going to be hand quilting mm-hmm. something again. Mm-hmm. But yep. it was a really good deal on one that's like, it was like brand new with all this stuff. And yeah. it's like a $200 quilting hoop on a stand. Well, and I felt like, well, yeah, I should buy that because I'm going to need that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, you know what I did? This is for my too long of curtains. It's They're 10 foot ceilings and they're going floor to ceiling. So it's too long to have the piece on my table and then it's a double panel that is 52 inches wide so it's way wide so I got some folding tables and strung them together end to end so that I can lay out the whole length on it but mark this piece of genius I put them on bed risers because I had a bunch of extra Back bed up. risers. That is a good idea. I know. So it's actually at a height only where... works if you had bed risers. I did though. I had them in the basement, yeah. and so I. Um, it's a work table height. It's a work table height, which is very handy. And so then I can shove this thing, you know, like spread it all the way out. I can't spread it all the way out. It's I'm so too glad Becca is practicing this now, so that when I move into my house with 84 windows, I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, and guys, Rachel, she's totally gonna jump at that opportunity. I'm gonna be like, buy some Walmart flat sheets. Rachel, and some I don't clips. care about your problems, is what she's gonna say. <laughs> Do you remember when I was so into intense drapery? I'm not that into it anymore. <laughs> All well, right, well, there are curtains you can only have if someone loves we you. We went side, yes, amen. I like that in the second half, we didn't talk about what we said we would talk about in the second what half. What did we say we would talk about? Someone asked about date night with oh! your husband. Date night. And we didn't even date address night. it. Next time, maybe, guys, we'll talk about All that. right. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You think of yourself now, and then in four years' time, what do you want yourself to look like? And is the education that you're considering going to help you get to that place? When you're a student, you want to become like your teacher. You're going to become like your teacher. Looking at NSA beforehand, I knew I wanted to become like the men who are teaching here. Fireman, husband, father, doctor, no matter where you want to go, NSA is just such good preparation for the person that you want to be. If you want to be an effective Christian, you need to be able to lead and shape culture. If you want to do that, no matter what your occupation is, you need to shape yourself, um, prepare yourself as a person for that job. And liberal arts is, I think, the best education you can have for that. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu.